Welcome. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can you hear me? Excellent. We thank we, we thank God for that. The only difference, brother Kenneth did not tell you is the is the party starts from his house. Today is uh, today is his own birthday. You know, so he didn't uh, mention that. Don't worry, we won't miss it. We'll come round. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's, it's wonderful to see everybody's uh, bright faces and uh, to uh, to be together online. And I can see everybody looking good. And I thank God for that. Hallelujah. A powerful amen to Brother Kenneth's prayer. So we'll just go ahead. There's no need for me to pray. I believe all of you have come to the presence of God to be blessed. But before we start... I'll ask, ask you to do a little activity. Wherever you are in your home, turn around and look at your spouse or children. You can ask your parents and ask them, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? And make sure you get an answer. Make sure you get an answer. Now, if you have gotten that answer, those of you that are close to your computers, can you type those answers for me, please? Those of you that are your computers, type those answers for me. Praise the Lord. I'm looking at them. I'm looking at it. I'm seeing who is brave enough to, to put it there. Oh, death. Okay. That, that's good. Snakes. Okay. Uh, that, that snakes looks like, from Marcus, that looks like my wife. Okay. Wife, brother. <laughs> Failure. Okay. Brother Cecil. Nothing. Oh. Sister Mina, oh, cockroaches, yes. Snakes, heights, COVID. <laughs> oh, second coming. Oh, goodness. Pandemic. Ah, somebody say me, myself, <laughs> Brother Vipin. Okay. Spiders, sin. Okay. Loneliness, anger, unknown. Yes, yes, yes. Financial crisis. Okay. Oh, I, 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 I like this anger. Okay. Every unusual thing. Oh, goodness. I, I think people are being very, very true. And I, I think I like that because I open lizards. Yes. Uh, dreams. Okay. Okay. Excellent. 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 Snakes. I think snakes is coming up. It's going to win the, the, uh, uh, the poll. If I had the poll, the, the number of snakes. Retirement. <laughs> well, that's a nice one. Okay. Not making heaven. Yes. Okay. Okay, good, good, excellent. Heights, yes, I can, I can see that. Uh, excellent. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Yes, and uh, that also brings me to the topic of what we're going to be dis discussing. This way away from Jesus. Okay, it brings me to the topic of what we're discussing today. And what we're discussing today is the fear of God. The fear of God. Praise the Lord, the fear of God. And uh, it's something that God has laid on my heart for a couple of days. He keeps on coming back. And I said, okay, God, what do you want me to tell your people? This is a common uh, message. It's a common note that is spoken in the church, the fear of God. But then God just said, okay, speak to them because I have a message for each one of them. But before I go on, I think you only be fair if I also tell you what I'm afraid of. I don't think anybody got it. I'm afraid of ants. Praise the Lord. If I see a congregation of ants, believe me, I'll run away. 
you know that's something that's common inside me my body as i'm speaking already my body is beginning to give me uh a lot of goosebumps but once i see a colony of ants uh i run away praise the lord and i'll give a reason about it later on there's a story that happened about it later on but we'll go on into the message our text or our anchor text is taken from proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 to 11 proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 to 11 and it's a common verse in the bible we all know that it says the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy one is understanding for by me your days will be multiplied and years of life will be added to you so most times we quote the first part of the verse and we say the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy one is understanding and uh, sometimes we also increase it and we say our lives will be multiplied based on the fear of the Lord. But before we go then, before we go, we're going to go and ask, uh, as my usual way, I'm going to define what is fear, okay? And I just opened the normal Merriam-Webster dictionary and it says the first definition I have is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger, okay? Unpleasant. Very strong emotion caused by anticipation or when of the danger. The second part of that of that definition also, okay, it also gives you is a it, it, it gives you the second part of that definition also that is an instance of that emotion, okay. And the other one you can also pick is awareness or uh, anxious anxious concern, anxious concern. So all these are the definitions of fear. Praise the Lord. Those are the definitions of fear. But when we go to the Bible, it defines whether it's good or bad. Okay? In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word yira is often translated to fear. In Hebrew, the word yira is also translated to fear. In the New Testament, the Greek word is phobos, from which we get the English word phobia. Phobos, phobia. And you can see that. So he has gotten from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Praise the Lord. Okay? Now, why am I talking about fear? If you go through the Bible, you will find out that fear has been mentioned up to 300 times in the Bible. 300 times in the Bible. So it's not a word that we'll take for granted or it's not a word that God does not know that it exists with us. Okay? So for it to have been mentioned that long, there's a reason for it. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Okay? In the Bible. I've just, picking, I've just taken a few just for us to be able to understand the context of where we're coming from okay in genesis 42 17 to 18 this was joseph now okay that was one example when he was trying to win his brother's trust he said so he put them all together in prison three days then joseph said to them the third day do this and live for i fear god okay joseph mentioned that you know the brothers betrayed him he said, do this and live for I fear God. That was one example. Okay? The second one is the midwives. In Exodus 1.17. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded, but saved the male children alive. Okay? Now, they said here because they feared God, they didn't kill the male children. That's one example that we have in the Bible. Second example. Okay? Now, another example also on the other side is that of Pharaoh. If we go to Exodus 9, 29 to 31. Exodus chapter 9, verse 29 to 31. And Moses said to him, 
As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will spread out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail, that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for, your, for you and your servants, I know that you will not fear the Lord God. So Moses was saying to Pharaoh, I know that you will not fear the Lord your God. Okay? Now, Pharaoh brought disaster on the nation of Egypt because he did not fear God. Okay? The midwife saved children because they feared God. Someone brought disaster because he did not fear God. Okay? Then we'll go to another example. When Moses had already taken them out, he was about to choose leaders. And on what basis did he choose leaders? In Exodus 18, 21. Moreover, you shall select from all the men or the people, able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of ten. Now, that was Moses. Moses was selecting leaders. And the first criteria is those that fear God. So, we're talking about that issue here, selection. And it was an example that those that fear God. That was the first one of the examples that you said. Okay? And if you go to the Mosaic laws also, it cites fear as a reason to treat the disabled and elderly. Okay? Disabled. Okay? Nowadays, I think they use the politically correct term, uh, differently abled. But uh, I still belong to the old school, so I'll say still disabled. And the elderly. Okay? Elderly. And it was enshrined in the law of God. You shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man and fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall not curse the deaf nor put a stumbling block before the blind but shall fear your God. I am the Lord. That is all found in Leviticus 19. Now the basis for us to respect the elderly is because of the fear of God. Am I correct? Even those that are disabled in our society. It's taken from there. So I'm just trying to give you examples of where the fear of God came in in the Bible. Now, I've, you might say, okay, uh, I'm speaking about the Old Testament. Now, if you go to the New Testament, Jesus Christ himself mentioned this in the New Testament. If you go to Matthew 10, 28, and he said, and do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That was Jesus speaking. And that was, he was telling us not to fear those who can kill the body, but to fear another person, okay, which is God, who is able to destroy both the body and the soul and body in hell. Okay, so Jesus mentioned it. So what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm speaking about is not only about the Old Testament, it's also about the New Testament. And then even after Jesus, Paul also mentioned it in 2 Corinthians 7, 1. And this is talking about completeness and holiness. He says, therefore, have these promises, beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Praise the Lord. Now, I just, pick, I just picked random examples. Don't forget, I said there were 300 mentions in the Bible. I can't go through all of them, 
Otherwise, because I, I don't, ha I have limited time, but I just gave you a taste of what was mentioned about the fear of God in the Bible. Okay, but before then, before we even go down further again, as we're going down, we'll talk about the different types of fears. I think at the beginning, we had people mention so many things that they're afraid of. So I'm going to talk about types of fear. The first, and I've mentioned into three categories for us to understand and for us to know where we're coming from. Number one is rational fear. Rational fear. So sometimes I, 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 I will put this as one that is regarded as appropriate, healthy fear. Okay? This is kind of healthy fear that makes you make the right decisions. Okay? That the fear of dangerous things happening to, to you. People mention snakes. Okay? And uh, of course, if you're not afraid of snakes, you will get bitten by a snake. So for me, that is healthy because you're trying to preserve yourself. Praise the Lord. Okay? Now, another one also in that, that category is also the constituted authority, the laws of the land, or those people that are there. I can remember something that happened in my care cell, was it some weeks back? A uh, pastor came early to the care cell, you know, uh, the pastor is usually coming quite early, and I was with pastor, and uh, some of the members uh, turned on the uh, the Zoom meeting, and uh, they saw pastor, and they would say, ah, pastor is here, pastor is here, pastor is here, they were already shouting, but they were unmuted, and I was laughing with pastor, you know, the fear of pastor coming early, so you better start getting care cells on time, but that is constituted authority. I can also have, give another example, I was in high school, we had a very short principle, a very short principle. And uh, in the evening, we have, used to have preps. And uh, he would dress in the uniform of the students. And he'll go to the class and he'll put his head down just to see what you're doing. And a lot of us students will come and be playing around. And uh, by the time he lifts up his head and you see your principal, you're in trouble. You know, uh, he didn't spare the rod for us. I can, I can mention to that. That is healthy fear. That is where people and authority are meant to guard you in the right direction. Now, don't forget, a lot of these things are based on psychological conditioning. Okay? They have trained your mind or a lesson has made you learn to have this fear of these things. Now, I mentioned to you, I said I was afraid of ants. I didn't stand up being afraid of ants. There was a day in Africa, and um, uh, I went to the back of the house to go and pick something, and there was no lights. The light had gone off. And I was strolling, and I didn't know that these soldier ants were there. You know? And uh, they got up to my legs. I didn't even know. And I think, I don't know, how, maybe they have a, a way of thinking. They didn't bite me immediately. They took the time to crawl around my body, and maybe they said, attack. So at the same time, they started biting me. And believe me, it was a difficult thing. You know, I had to quickly undress, enter the shower, and wash myself. But from that day on to today, if I see a group of ants, I run away. I've been psychologically in tuned to run away from ants. Now, is that a good thing? Yes, it's a good thing. Because I can't see you foolishly going to go and enter into the midst of ants. Because it's going to harm you. Okay, so those are the ones that I term as rational fear. Okay, because if you don't do that, okay, you will be you'll be in trouble. Okay, now 
the ones uh there's another set also that i also look at it is uh i don't know if you have children okay the second one is irrational well before we go to irrational fear okay before we go to irrational fear there's another one also i, I told somebody i told my kids i said i cannot pay to go and scare myself you know you have kids they want to go on some of these rides that go upside down you know but you have grown old you know that if anything happens you're off it okay so some of those are rational ones the second one i have is irrational fear things that have no basis people that have phobias okay and these times these things are things that are phobias for no good reason you see people having phobias people having phobias to sleep at night even though everything's quite safe okay people afraid of the end times of rapture which has no basis okay and you see people acting out of uh, out of uh, circumstances i can remember uh, with this pandemics if you go to the us some people have already gone build bunkers and different things is the end of the world some have already bought guns and ammunition and different things you get people it's already it has become a phobia it's irrational people are not thinking properly and you ask them why and they just can't think about it now i know medically there might be some other terminologies but i'm taking this just from the basic level okay where you see things that are supposed to be normal but people are just have a total phobia for it okay so those are those are called phobia some people will just go out some people will say uh there's so many phobias now i haven't heard of one germaphobe they're afraid of germs and they do so many things to the extra extent washing their hands until almost it peels and it's just it's just irrational okay and we as human beings we have that among us okay and the third one which is comes my own what we're talking about is the fear of god that's the third one the fear of god okay so i've given what our terms categorize it but we are zeroing in on the fear of god now if god had mentioned this where is the beginning of this let's go to genesis genesis 3 10 so he said i heard your voice in the garden and i was afraid because i was naked and hid myself so all of us were not born with fear are we together we were not born with fear i can remember uh, i would imagine at that time adam was there with lions with tigers and they were fellowshipping with one another he was fellowshiping with god but i mean he was tending to these ones there was no fear this was the first time that it was mentioned that i was afraid so we hid ourselves so you will see that god we were born without fear we were born we were not we were, when god made us we were not meant to have fear but because of sin fear came into the world now you also notice and that's why if you give birth to a new baby the child is not afraid of anything don't forget what i mentioned what i mentioned about psychological conditioning put a new baby you'll do whatever it is they're very very brave they're not afraid but sometimes if they read the fear in you then they start becoming afraid of whatever it is as such god did not expect us to fear everything you listed there god did not expect us to be afraid of 
Of course, we're supposed to think rationally, but he didn't expect us the way he, 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 I mean, the way he created us was not supposed to have fear. Okay? In Romans 8, 14 to 15, for as many as led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Okay? Now, that is in the New Testament also. So we there were not meant to have fear within us. That's how God created us. We're not meant to have fear. So whatever you're afraid of in this life, it's not coming from God. But you have to connect to our Abba Father to overcome your fear. So if we're talking about this fear, then why is God asking to fear God again? It makes us, gives us a two different uh, aspects. Fear, you're not meant to have fear, but then you say fear of God. Now, based on what it was written in those days, the language that was written there, the fear of God here means absolute reverence and respect for the almighty God. Okay? So let's get that in perspective. When we're talking about fear of God, it's not like talking about the normal fear you have. It's the fear of God means reverence, respect of the almighty God. That is what we're talking about. Praise the Lord. Now, based on this thing, based on fearing God, I read some verses earlier on. I'll mention eight things quickly. Eight things that the fear of God gives you a benefit for. One is discipline. And sometimes we open our mouths and say, who are you when no one is watching? In Genesis 39, 8-9, I'll speak about Joseph. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hands. There is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from you. But because you are his wife, how can, how then can I do this wicked great wickedness and sin against God. Nobody was watching Joseph. It was him and his master's wife. He could have sinned. But he didn't. But he was disciplined in that place because of the fear of God. Now, a lot of times, we're there, we do not know who's watching us, so we tend to be lax on our discipline. I'll emphasize what uh, Brother Kenneth said. A big difference from when you're attending church and when you're online. Attending church, the uptake was high Friday school. Now we're online, our discipline has fallen away. And I can say that to all the other church activities. I can say that to different things. And if you see this happening, it will also go to your own prayer life and your own work with God. But someone that fears God will be disciplined. Are we together? So it's very important. That is the benefit for fearing God. That's the benefit. And once you have that benefit, you'll be disciplined not to sin. You'll, you'll be disciplined. So that's the one benefit of fearing God. It puts you in the right path. It checkmates you. As you walk, you know what you're doing. Number two. Okay, it develops godly humility. Psalm 33, verse 8. 
Let all the earth here fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Oh, when you respect and you have reverence for someone, you stand in awe of him. I can imagine, imagine Sultan Haitham calling one of us to go and see him. We'll dress in our finest. We'll stand in awe of him. If you're coming back from Africa like me, oh, the way you greet someone that you, you have respect and awe of is different. In the southwest of Nigeria, uh, if you're if you're greeting an elder in those days, you lie down flat. Nowadays, you touch your toes. I still see some of my young men doing that also, which is also a good character. But that it gives you humility. In African tradition, you cannot greet the elder with your head up. You sometimes you bow down and greet. Now imagine our God in heaven. If you fear somebody, if you respect somebody, you reverence somebody, you have godly humility. Another way is also you have to subject yourself into that. Sometimes I uh, envy our, our brethren, uh, our cousins, when anytime they say, Inshallah, sometimes we have taken it to, okay, that means it will never happen. Okay? But uh, at the same time, they're acknowledging a higher being. But how many of us nowadays we say by God's grace? We go out, we make our plans. Oh, this and this is what happened. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But no mention of God. There's no fear of God. I'm not asking to be, to speak Christianese, if I may put it that way, you know. But we should be able to acknowledge that if God allows me, or by the grace of God, this is what we do. That is reverence. That is godly humility. Praise the Lord. Number three, it has instills discipline or obedience in us. Obedience. Benefits of God, you will obey God. In Daniel 3, 16 to 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image. Imagine they were in front of a king and they said, no, the Ten Commandments does not allow us to bow down to a golden image. And we were not going to do that. Why did they do that? They feared someone higher than the king. They feared God higher than the king. And that gave them obedience to that. They were obeyed. They obeyed whatever was mentioned there. Number four. It gives us godly courage. Psalm 127 verse 1 to 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an enemy may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I'll be confident. That's the confidence we have in God. No matter what the pandemic says, I'll be confident in God. No matter what the job market says, I'll be confident in God. Because I subject myself to a higher being. I fear God and I know, I respect him that he will take care of me. 
I have reverence for him that I know that everything that concerns me, he will sort it out. This was David talking, and this is a message to someone today in this season. Because you fear God, you have the courage. Number five, it helps us to avoid sin in our lives. Proverbs 8, 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way, and to perverse mouth I hate. That's what Proverbs 8, 13 says. In 16, 6, it says, In mercy and truth, an atonement is provided for iniquity, and by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. Okay? If you fear God, you will not sin. Sometimes I'll ask spouse, okay, uh, spouses. You respect your spouse so much that you will not be involved in an adulterous relationship. Am I correct? It's because of that respect that you have for the other person. You will be involved in that. It makes you to avoid that sin. Am I correct? Now, if you have reverence for Almighty God that produced you, that, that, that created you, then you wouldn't sin, especially if you know who that kind of person is. Sometimes as children also, if you feel in something, sometimes you just feel, ah, I've let my parents down. Because you have reverence for them, you have respect for them. Sometimes you remember your parents. What would they say if they find me doing this? You have that respect for them. So what would my God say if he finds me here? If he finds me in this nightclub, if he finds me drinking, if he finds me smoking, if he finds me fornicating, if he finds me cheating, if he finds me stealing, what will my God say? Can come down to the level. If Pastor Abraham, Pastor Lester, or Pastor Francis were in your home, what would they say if you are doing that? Or where you have went to? Are you able to carry pastor there? Any of the pastors there? So you can find out that it helps us to avoid sin. When we know that we have a heavenly father, it helps us to avoid sin. Number six, it fosters godly right leadership. Oh. Second Chronicles 5, 19.5-9. Then he said, judges in the land throughout all the fortified cities of Judah, city by city, and said to the judges, take heed to do what you, are, what you are doing. For you do not judge for man, but for the Lord who is with you in judgment. Now, therefore, let the fear of the Lord be upon you and take care and do it. For there is no iniquity with God or our God, no partiality, no taking bribes. That I will stop there. The world is in a mess where we are because people do not fear God. I find it very well, very, uh, find, uh, I, I find it very contradictory. You find somebody in a position of authority, he dies and they said the man was a God-fearing man when he was very, very corrupt. There's no how someone fears God that he will not foster good and rightly leadership. Now, I'm not talking also in the secular, even within the church. If you have church leaders, if you have church leaders that are embezzling church funds or church leaders that are not living rightly, it's because they do not fear God. Are we together in this? 
It's very important because I believe out of our stock, we're going to have leaders of tomorrow. And the only thing that will keep you right, and my youth understand this, when you go to the office or anywhere you go to, as God elevates you, the only thing that will take you to the right place is the fear of God in leadership. Don't ever, there's no shortcuts. No side hustle. In your work, you fear God if you make sure you do the right thing. In my office, in my team, I try as best as I can to be very objective and balanced. I try my best not to have any favorites, not because I cannot as a human being, but because I fear God. If I lie against anybody, I take anything wrong against anybody, it's God that will judge me. So whatever I do, I try to have a justification or basis of what I have to do. Because I fear God. In my ministry, whatever God has given laid into my hands in the church, I tried as much as possible to be fair. Because it's God that will judge me. I fear God. Whatever finances have been made in my hands, I try to utilize it appropriately because I fear God in heaven. So if you want to be a good leader, you have to fear God. That is the key. That is the most important thing. It might be looking daunting in your work environment. It might be looking funny sometimes when you stand for certain things, but it's only God that will see you through. Sometimes Pastor Lester has given me, has given us stories as happened when he was working in the ministry. So many things that were, that were done not right, but he stood his ground fearing God. And he has retired because God has seen him through. Sometimes if you sit down to him, you will hear so many challenges that came his way. But because he was upright, the same thing Pastor will be able to see he has retired from government without any major issue, recommendation. Because of what? But because he feared God. Is it that there were no challenges? I'm sure if you sit down with them, they'll tell you so many challenges. Praise the Lord. I can dwell on this for a long time, but I don't have time. Okay? It's a very important thing, but uh, if you can take anything, fear God and you'll be a good leader. Number seven, it leads to loving God. Okay? It leads to loving God. It leads to loving God. No, sorry. Okay, number seven, I'll, I'll switch it. Leads to longevity. Deuteronomy 6, 1 to 2. Now is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgment which the Lord your God has commanded. To teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to. That you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you. And you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life, and thus your days may be prolonged. I want to live long. I need to fear God. Enoch lived long, and that's why God took him away. You fear God and you live a righteous life. Even when you die here, you're in eternal glory because you feared God here. Okay? So there are two aspects of this, this longevity we're talking about. There's longevity across this place on the earth. Don't forget we said there's a portion of the Bible that says, honor your parents, uh, your father and mother so that your days may be long. And now why do you honor them? Because of the fear of God. Okay? Then you fear God, it makes you live rightly. Okay? And your lives can be prolonged. Now you come back and tell me, say, okay, I have a righteous man. 
and he died at 43, 43 or 45. But I'll tell you, this is not the end of him. If he feared God on earth, he's there in eternal life. Are we together? So by your lens, by your human lives, he has lived a short time, but for eternally he has lived forever. That's the kind of longevity we're talking about. That is the kind of long life we're talking about. That we're talking of living eternally in heaven. Because if you do not fear God, there's no way you'll make heaven. Are we together? Because the Bible says you walk out your salvation with trembling, with fear and trembling. That means fearing God and living a righteous life. Number eight, it also leads us to loving God. Okay? The benefits, loving God. You know, when you respect someone so much, that person will ask you, is there anything I can do for you? When Esther walked in front of the king, she respected him. She came in a place of reverence. So what can I offer you? Wives, at home, I'm sure when you respect your husband and you show reverence for him, there's nothing you request for him he wouldn't give you. Am I correct? That, I'm almost, almost sure. There's nothing, I mean, at that particular point in time, he will say, whatever it is, he said, up to half of my kingdom. Is that what sometimes the king said in the Bible? But in these days, there's nothing. When you have that reverence, that respect for your, your spouse, believe me, anything you ask for, he'll give it to you. So it leads to loving God. It leaves you. When, I, when you fear someone, you reverence and you love him, you do anything for that person. And vice versa for husbands also. The same thing with your wives. Now, I've given eight things that benefits of fearing God. Now, in all these eight things, everything is so beautiful. Everything is so nice. Everything is so what we want to have. Then my next is, why do people not fear God then? If these are all the benefits, then why do people not fear God? And there are three reasons. Okay? Three reasons. One, self-confidence. Okay? I feel I can do it myself. I feel I can do it myself. Nowadays, we see man playing God. We see man playing the creator. He wants to create what he cannot create. He wants to do whatever he's going to do. He wants to be God. Earlier, I tell you, by the God's grace, no, I can do it. I'm working. I have money. Not forgetting where it's coming from. I can have good health because I can go and run, exercise, and do what not. Not forgetting who grants you good health. We have that. Man has created that kind of self-confidence with him. Go and check out the countries that have lost the faith. It's because they have self-confidence. The West, UK, US, they feel they can provide for the populace. They feel they can eat. They can enjoy themselves. Sometimes you go and find out where Christianity is thriving is where people have no hope but to look up to God. That's the major failing where people lose it. And I pray that each one of us will, will not have that self-confidence that we refuse to fear God. My time is running out, but I'll, I'll still try and go through. It's very, very important. And men, please, men, note this, please. You're under 
the guidance of God in heaven. Whatever you're planning to do. I know I'm a man. Sometimes we just make our plans because God has asked us to take care of the garden. The way he told Adam. But please subject it to God. Let's not live in our own confidence. Our children, please, as you're schooling, as you're growing up in life, please, your confidence should be in God. Put everything at God's feet. It can be a simple test in class. It can be a simple assignment. Please learn to subject everything to God. Remove that area of self-confidence. I'm not trying to say you shouldn't be confident in what you are. Yes, but know that there's a God above that can help you. Be proud of what you can do. Be confident of what you can do, but subject it to God. Even if you have read and you have said, God, I've read, I've done my best, but please, I need your help to go through. Do your own part, but make sure you commit it to God. Number two, love of God is gone. It's simple. The love of God is gone. The Bible says, if you love me, you obey my commandments, isn't it? If I'm not obeying your commandments, that means I do not love you anymore. It's simple. People that get divorced or people that get, because the love has gone. They don't fear God. If I don't fear God, I don't really love him. If I love my father in heaven, anything he asks me to do, I'll do. Number three. There's no physical present day consequences. There's no physical present day consequences. Consequences. Thank God we're doing a castle at Ananias and Sephira. They were struck dead immediately when they lied to the Holy Spirit. We don't have that kind of punishment because we're living under the grace period. Sometimes if God removed that grace period, a lot of us will have been struck down since. But human beings, once there's no deterrent, they tend to forget fear of God. It's like having a dog that cannot bite. No matter how big the dog is, you look at it, it doesn't bite, you just keep quiet. The thief will come and steal and destroy and go. Isn't it? Because there's no consequence. But yet, there's a small print there in Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. God has said, well, I'd leave it under a grace dispensation. But what did he say? <laughs> Do not be deceived. That is the small print that people tend to, not, tend to overlook. There's a small print that God has said, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you reap. The fact that I've not come down on a hammer with you, like Ananias and Sapphira, Sapphira and killed you, does not mean that you should continue going on sinning. Those are the three main reasons why people do not fear God. But then go and check your lives. Where are you falling short? Is this self-confidence? Is he losing love for Christ? Or because you don't see any physical present-day consequences? I leave that to you to think. If I can have reverence for my pastors, I can have reverence for my bosses in the office, why shouldn't I have reverence for God? 
Why shouldn't I fear God? Why shouldn't I fear God? Sometimes your office is 7 o'clock. You have to be there at 7 o'clock. Believe me, all of us will be there at 7 o'clock. We say church is 11 o'clock. People are coming at 11.30. Am I correct? I might be wrong, but am I correct? I just give two, two parallels. Why God on one side, one man on the other side. So why should I fear man? Don't forget what the Bible says. If she didn't fear man, but she feared the one that can destroy the body and soul in hell permanently. It's left for you to decide. I've given the three points why. And you will find out if each of us examine ourselves. We'll find out. Now, I'll go back before I conclude. The last part I'm going to talk about is the characteristics of people that fear God. The way you'll be able to see someone that fears God is number one, they have a close walk intimacy with God. The seeker of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. Okay? Have a close walk and intimacy with God. That is in Psalm 24, 25, 14. The seeker of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. I can see somebody that fears God by the way he walks with God. So when you go to Berea and they said he was a God-fearing man, these are the characteristics. If none of this is there, I don't think he's a God-fearing man. He has a close walk with God. Number two, he honors God and never speaks disrespectfully of God. Job 1.1 says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. Job never spoke ill of God. Nowadays, because we're under this great dispensation grace, people say all manner of things against God, against Jesus. Sometimes the jokes are so terrible. But are you one of those people? Or taking the name of the Lord in vain? When you see people with good languages, then you know they fear God. Okay? They honor God. And part of honoring God is even with your substance and everything you have. I just didn't want to add it here, but it means with everything you have also when you honor God. Your time, your resources, and your speech. Next point, my brother. Obedience. People that fear God obey God to the letter. People that fear God, obey God to the letter. Regardless of whose God is asked. Are we together here? It's very important. That aspect is very important. Obedience. I'll throw it to you today. We have Bible scriptures for today. Our reading is from Numbers 24. And there's a perfect example of obedience there. Balaam and Balak. And I'll just read it, verse 13. If Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord to do good or bad of my own will. What the Lord says is what I will speak. Hmm. Balaam mentioned it. This is just today's reading. I'm not talking about anything. This is just what uh, we're reading numbers this month, isn't it? So this is Numbers 24. And this was what who was saying. 
This was what Balak sent to Balak is whatever God tells me to do, I will do. If like give me all the gold and silver. Believe me, nowadays, some of us, if we're Balak, we'll say, yeah, bring the gold and silver, please. I will modify my, my statement for your good. Especially when we can see physically, because we live in a world that we see things physically and it attracts us. But obedience. Is this someone that obeys God? Someone that fears God, he must be obedient. And lastly, when the year of holiness, somebody that fears God lives a holy life. Live a holy life. Okay? We're talking about holiness. This is the secret to living a holy uh, to holiness, the fear of God. If we, if we can get this right, you will have a holy life, you will live a righteous life, and you will get ready for the end times. You will get ready for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If there is anything important towards these end times, it's living a holy life. When we talk about making heaven, is living day by day like Christ wants you to live. Now, for you to do this, it's for you to fear God. It's a choice. I'm about rounding up. It's a choice. But you have to choose wisely. One side, reverence God. Respect him. The fear of God. It's a choice you have to make. To conclude, I'll sum it up in Ecclesiastics 12.13. What does Ecclesiastes 12.13? says, let us hear the conclusion of the matter. And that's my conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is man's all. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank you so much. Over to you, Pastor.